So many owners open their shops with the dream of doing auto repair the right way, being an asset to their community, having free time with their families, and having the ability to create a financial legacy. In reality, so many find themselves working long days, are struggling to find and keep good staff, and can barely pay the bills. Since 2016, the fastest growing automotive repair coaching company, ShopFix Academy's sole purpose is to stop the average small business from destroying the average family. Call 615-645-3683 to speak to someone on their leadership team about seeing if ShopFix Academy is a good fit for your shop. Learn more at shopfixacademy.com. Hey there, Thomas Hayes here. A quick note before we start the episode. This is a powerful episode, but there are mentions of overdose, addiction, and suicide. Listener discretion is advised. Our effectiveness as leaders, employees, parents, children, and really any other role in our lives is often profoundly shaped by our past experiences, both good and bad. Some experiences like trauma and other huge losses that we live through can leave us with deep wounds that if left untreated will profoundly hinder our abilities in so many areas of our businesses and our personal lives. That's why moving forward is one of the most challenging and yet rewarding journeys that we can take. This week's episode, has an incredible shop owner named Kyle Meadows, and he took that quest and overcame some huge blows he took from his past. This allowed him to build an incredible repair shop, thrive in his personal life, and now be able to support others through their struggles. This is a powerful episode. Stay tuned. Effective online presence is a critical part of your shop's growth and profitability, which is why it only makes sense to use the company that many top performing repair shops use for managing their online presence, Leads Near Me. Leads Near Me effortlessly increases your car count with a strategic combination of killer websites, high converting Google ads, traffic driving social media posts, and more. Reach them by text or call at 888-953-2379 or visit them online at leadsnearme.com. Leads Near Me, effortlessly increase car count. Kyle, welcome to the show. Hi, Thomas. How are you? Great. How are you doing? I'm great. Happy to be here today. I'm happy to have you. I was really excited when you uh, accepted my uh, invitation to be on the show. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Good. We've known each other for a while, uh, and I, I really, you know, would love for you to be able to share more of your story because there's a lot of things in your story that I think a lot of people um, really need to hear and can relate to. Uh, and this episode is going to go a lot deeper than you know, hey, what's your numbers and all that. We're really going to talk about some hard stuff. So I'm very grateful that you're willing to to be that vulnerable. Um, on the episode. I, I think that that's, um, that's a very powerful gift that you're giving us today. So thank yeah. you. Thank you. Yeah. Well, Kyle, for those that don't know you, who are you? 
Yep. So my name's Kyle, uh, a shop owner up in Michigan. We have two locations now. Um, started in business in 2017. So uh, me and Thomas have known each other since 2017. We've pretty long relationship. And, it's been a while, man. Uh, yes, it has. So it's been quite the journey. Um, so a little bit about myself is I had come from a technician background. So I started working on vehicles back in high school, actually. Um, first vehicle was a 1984 Monte Carlo SS and uh, bought that thing, ended up having to do an engine. So that's kind of what sparked my interest in it and got me started on the path we're on. So always enjoyed fixing things. So um, that's, that's pretty much what got me down the path of automotive. And uh, from there, I really just enjoyed working on vehicles. So I, I found a passion in helping people and doing repairs, started doing repairs uh, mobily, even just right out of high school. So automotive shop program there, uh, that just kind of evolved into a career and a passion of mine. So, I your your story is is like so many. You know, it, we I, I think people from outside the industry really think you know different reasons that people go into automotive uh, that they think it's all about fixing cars, but it, it's it's we really we really care about people, and yeah. we really want to see not just you know the public but our employees and everybody thrive. Uh, I think that's one of the great things about about our industry. Um, so let's talk a little bit about your shop. You, uh, when did you start? You said you started mobile out of high school. So give us a little bit about your progression as an owner in the business itself and, and walk us through where things are at right now for you. Yeah. So, uh, 2009, I was doing some mobile repairs. So that's straight out of high school. Just, um, we had an automotive program in high school and we used to take in client vehicles sometimes. And uh, they would just do it as a learning thing. And I met a few people in there that we weren't able to do the repairs at high school. Um, and they had asked me to help them out outside of the school program. So that's really what kind of started this because this, there was some customers in need. And usually the school is doing things for people on a low budget. So, um, you know, I was able to help them out with some of the stuff I learned in school. And, uh, you know, I think I was working for like $20 a day or something, you know, it was, it wasn't really about the money at the time. We were just doing it to help people out, gas money, things like that. So, um, that's really where it got me started. And, uh, from there, I really just progressed out of high school knowing that's what I wanted to do. Uh, it helped keep my mind busy and really enjoyed, uh, the gratification of taking something broken, turning it into something running again and making it run better than it ever did before. So, um, you know, looking back on that, that's really the path of where we've started and what's helped us grow our business now is taking that same feeling and applying it towards uh, people now. So uh, just very passionate about that. And it's more rewarding when it's people. So, you know, when you can take uh, people that need help and, help them and make them and get into a better place. That's very fulfilling. So leaving off on, you know, helping people get to a better place is what's brought us a lot of fulfillment now. 
Um, so I don't really do a lot for fixing cars anymore. I try to really focus on our staff and our team and clients and just uh, learning to help people get into a better place. So um, we, we opened the shop in 2017 and the company I was working for was going into a bankruptcy period. So we were just not in a very stable position. Uh, I was still doing work on the side at my house and we decided that it would be a good time at the end of 2016 to jump into shop ownership. So um, it just seemed to make sense, something I always wanted to do. And, you know, the timing never was going to be right. So a friend of mine sent me a shop across the street from his house that was vacant and uh, it'd been vacant for a while. So we reached out and rented that building. Uh, pretty much jumped right into it. So took the last paycheck I was getting from the job I was working, um, cashed out my 401k, which was like a whopping $3,000, I think, at the time. So <laughs> my, my retirement fund was huge uh, and launched into the shop. So, you know, the first few months we were actually able to go to negotiate getting free. Uh, so that helped get us on our feet a little bit. But to say that first year was easy would be a complete lie. Uh, worked a lot of hours and put in a lot of work in that shop to get it up off the ground and do that with minimal funding in the beginning. So um, got behind on a lot of bills and sales tax wasn't getting paid. I didn't even really know that was a thing until towards the end of that year. Uh, got ourselves into quite a bit of trouble behind on rent, behind on parts bills. It was just a really ugly situation. Um, so I, I got on Facebook and just started asking for help towards the end of that first year. Uh, I found a Facebook group and got in there. There was a lot of supportive people that helped teach us some things, uh, gave us the confidence to hire a technician to help me. Uh, so I was working like 70, 80 hours a week and driving an hour each way to the shop. So like we were, I was just burnt out at the time. Um, so getting into the Facebook group was the first step. And then uh, from there, I discovered uh, was getting help from Aaron, actually, uh, in that Facebook group. Aaron Stokes? Correct. Okay. And uh, didn't know or anything. He just was reached out and helped me gave me a bunch of advice and uh, that was probably in September or October and just took his advice and ran with it and made a few changes and started to see progress. And uh, I didn't even know at the time, but he was starting up his coaching company uh, with ShopFix Academy. And uh, once we, once I found out that he had that company, I was just like, all right, well, I got to see what this is about because the stuff that he's been helping me, he's not even charging for this. You know, the advice he's given was free. The stuff that you pay for has got to be great. So um, so at the time, we were still struggling. Things were getting a little bit better, but we, we definitely weren't in a good place. And uh, I, I still remember it was, no, it was the end of October 2017, and I think there was a special to sign up with the videos. So I bought the video package, and... Um, my wife was so mad because <laughs> we only had uh, maybe about $3,000 in our bank account at the time, personal and business. So you can imagine we're 11 months into this and we have literally made 
zero money, uh, house payments behind. Uh, it just, it was not a good situation. And I, I think at the time I spent about a thousand bucks. So dropped a pretty good chunk of our, our fund on that and just went to work. Uh, I plowed through the whole entire video series in about two weeks. Uh, at the time we were doing about 17 to 20,000 a month in revenue. Uh, it was me and I had one person working with me. Uh, actually, my brother-in-law was working with me at the time. So took that and ran with it. And the first month we doubled our revenue. We got up to, I think, 38000 is what we did. So it immediately doubled. Um, and then that just set us on a path to keep pushing. And uh, this was just a small three-bay gas station uh that we were in it wasn't a pretty building i'm sure you probably remember uh some of the pictures very very small 1100 square feet i think uh but a, a decent location so we pushed that and just kept going and going and going eventually i uh, got my wife to come to the conference with me uh never missed a conference since i joined in january of 2018 was my first conference uh still to this day i haven't missed one and it took a couple conferences to get traction, but I remember uh, it was probably my third conference and my wife Shelby came with me to that conference. And that's when everything changed for us. Uh, she, she came and I remember at the end of the conference, she walked up to Aaron and shook his hand and told him that she was quitting nursing school to come work at the shop with us. And I didn't really know that was going to happen, uh, but deep down, I kind of wanted it to happen, right? Because um, that's what we needed at the time. We really needed, uh, she's very structured and organized and good with people. So um, that's when things changed. Like we just took off like a rocket. We were able to get that shop doing uh, about 90000 a month in three bays, which at the time was pretty good. And, uh, you know, I'm still happy with that number. I feel like we could have got, got better, but. Um, they wouldn't give us a lease in the building. Uh, they wouldn't sell us the building. So we were very unsecure there. And uh, in 2019, we ended up finding a bigger location. We moved to a uh, nine bay location, which I was scared to death because uh, we had just paid off all of our debt, got everything up. We started saving money. Uh, and then it was after another conference this this location just popped up. And so we, we took the leap, spend all of our money again and uh, got that location remodeled and moved into. And uh, now it's doing like 3 million uh, a year. And we opened our second location in uh, last year in May. And that one we're hoping to do about 2 million this year. So uh, it's been a ride, I will say. Very That's, grateful. I love hearing, you know, the progression there, man. I mean, you you crushed it. Shelby's amazing. You're amazing, and uh, yeah, it it just makes me very happy to to hear hear the success you've had and where you're at now because you know that's um, that's family changing money and and resources right there. Yeah, yeah, and we we do okay now. I mean, we can always be doing better. Right. But, uh, very grateful for where we're at in life. And, you know, it's, it's taken, a, taken us from a place where, you know, we were making 
60,000 a year as a family um, to making significantly more than that. Uh, you know, we don't have to share all specifics, but sure. um, you know, we're, we're in a different place now. We're able to help our family when needed. And um, we've grown a, an amazing team at the shops and um, you know, we've hopefully been able to change a lot of lives and, our goal this year is to repair 10,000 vehicles. So nice. it's a, it's a pretty big goal, but we're on our way. And well, I, just to say that there was no challenges along the way would be a, a lie, right? It sounds like everything went super easy and uh, we definitely had our struggles and battles along the way and we still do. So uh, it's all part of the process. I, you've done an amazing job of laying the, the big picture of your story. Um, what I would love to dive into is really uh, backing into how you got there. Uh, and, and I know from your story, like there's some big things in your personal life and in your family that really helped drive you, you know, through this process. And, and there's a lot of things you learned along the way. So I'd love to talk that out if that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. So going back, um, childhood, this is, I've, I've spent a lot of time reflecting on this over the last few years, especially just to dive into, I'm really big on personal development, self-awareness, uh, that journey in itself has made a huge impact on my life and happiness. Um, so spent a lot of time thinking about this and even going back to childhood, it, uh, I was always ingrained with a work ethic and just put in the work and try to do your best. So I think I was 13 at the time. My mom would probably know specifically. My mom has helped ingrain a lot of my work ethic in me. It's amazing. We have a really good relationship now. Um, 13 years old, I started mowing grass um, for a real estate agent locally to us. Um, just Bought myself a lawnmower, um, saved up some allowance, had this old crappy lawnmower and started mowing grass. Um, so, it, you know, the entrepreneurial spirit started young in me and, and my mom has that too. So uh, we relate a lot on that level. Um, but childhood wasn't always the best for us. I mean, we, uh, we certainly had our struggles. My parents are divorced and... Um, we had two completely different households. So, you know, my mom was a little bit more strict. Uh, my dad was very relaxed and kind of let us get away with whatever we wanted. So um, I'm grateful to have both experiences because it helps you learn a lot. And, um, you know, we, we certainly had struggles along the way, but I'm, I'm grateful for everything my parents have taught me. So um, my dad struggled with addiction a lot. Um, there's, quite a few people in my family that struggle with addiction. And, you know, I, I personally had some problems in high school and shortly after um, I put my mom through hell and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad it happened, but, you know, I wish it wouldn't have the way that it was, but, you know, we, we all go through our problems and, you know, I had issues with uh, drinking and partying and drugs and all kinds of stuff back then that I'm not proud of, but, I will say it, it helped teach me a lot of valuable life lessons. So, um, 
So back in high school, I, I got into some trouble and was living with my mom at the time and moved down to live with my dad. So I had a lot of friends in high school that weren't necessarily a great influence. We were into some trouble. Uh, moved down to a different school district and just to get me away from everything, which looking back was a, a pivotal point in life. Um, it's actually when I met my wife, Shelby. We met in high school. So we've been together since junior year. It's been awesome. About 15 years. So um, that being said, I mean, my, my dad had issues with addiction as well. He was never abusive or anything. He was always very loving. We had a great relationship, but uh, definitely struggled with addiction, uh, drugs and alcohol. And, um, you know, that has just always been part of our, our life, I guess. And you don't really think much of it. Um, but, you know, looking back now that I'm older, it, it certainly wasn't the best environment for me to be in. Um, but we made the best of it. So, um, after I met Shelby, she really helped pull me out of that life and kind of set me back on the right path. So, um, you know, had I not met her, I, I, very possible I would have been in a lot different position right now. So I'm very grateful for, for that. And her family as well was always very supportive and, uh, helped get, get us through a lot of tough times. So, um, one thing like recognizing that I have those traits has helped me a lot. Um, you know, I've always had that addictive personality and I think a lot of people struggle with this. Um, learning to channel that into different areas of my life has been very helpful. Um, and like I talked about the path of personal development and self-awareness has been extremely helpful with that to recognize when you know, going down that path of unhealthy, um, I don't know how to explain it, but like uh, obsession, right? Very easy when I'm interested in something to focus in solely on that. And, you know, with the business that happened for a long time, uh, that's literally all I did was for two to three years, just put my head down and worked and worked and worked. And uh, we had a newborn at the time when we opened the shop. So uh, Jack was about a year and a half, I think, two years old. Um, he was three years old when we opened the shop, actually. Um, so we, I sacrificed a lot of family time early on to make things happen the way that we did. Um, somewhere along the line, it, it was actually at a conference. So like all these breakthroughs lead back to going away from my life at home in the shop and getting into a different environment. And I remember very clearly at this conference, um, you may remember, we did an exercise with a saxophone and the saxophone walks around the room. Yeah. And the, the whole point of the exercise was to tap into your subconscious, right? Um, so I remember this feeling when we did that, it was just overwhelming. Uh, we sat in silence and I, I believe we were just instructed to think about uh, past traumas and things that are holding you back. And uh, there's a few people that had breakthrough. I remember for sure. And uh, I kept quiet about this, but I, I remember the feeling of just straight, my whole body just almost went into shock. It started having all these thoughts about uh, regret and, 
blaming myself for stuff that happened. So like looking back and I was burying all of these emotions for so many years and that, that meeting in itself helped set this stuff free. And that's when things really started to change for me on a personal level. Um, so what, what the feelings came from was back in, uh, would have been about 10 years ago. So 2013, this was pre-shop. Uh, I had a, a pretty decent job. I was working as a technician and, uh, me and Shelby had bought our first house. So we were living on our own and, uh, my dad had still been struggling with addiction for quite some time. So he actually had lost his house, uh, been in and out of jobs, uh, just not, not a good situation. Um, so he was living with my grandma for a while and, uh, what my grandpa had to go in for heart surgery. So I'll wrap all this together. <laughs> Seems like a long story, but so my, my dad had to move, move out, uh, move out, from my grandma's house and we took him in. So we had a, a loft in our house. It was a three bedroom house. And he, he came to stay with us for a while and he got a new job. Things started to get better and um, he started using drugs again. So during that process, we, we noticed some changes and I just, we couldn't be around it just because, you know, my, my personality and I just can't be around that stuff. Um, so we ended up actually having to kick my dad out of our house and, um, which was hard to do. We made, we made that decision together, uh, that he just couldn't be there if he was going to be using drugs. So, um, where those feelings came from is three days later, they found my dad dead of an overdose in the apartment that he moved into. So you can imagine the, the trauma that, came from that. Um, I just remember getting that call and sitting just in shock. Right. Uh, and for the longest time I blamed myself for that. Um, and it was holding me back on a, a huge level personally. Um, but I remember at that conference, just feeling like this giant weight being lifted off because that was the first time that I actually ever forced my brain to face those thoughts. Uh, it was amazing. I, I remember the feeling to this day very clearly. So to be in an environment where it's encouraged to face your demons, if you will, and just process the thoughts was huge. And then over time, being able to share that story has helped me process it a lot. And, you know, we see that with a lot of people. If, if you can find a way to tap into these things and use it for good, um, it, it helps you process it internally. So um, the thing that I like to think back on is one of the biggest struggles I have uh, in a personal level is to deal with confrontation. Um, and I attribute a lot of that back to that experience, like I having to confront my dad with this situation and then seeing what happened in the aftermath of that. Um, you know, I blamed myself for a very long time and it, it, it actually like really affected my ability to just confront difficult situations. Um, so, you know, from a business perspective that made things very difficult for us uh, as we were growing, you know, we would, I would put up with a lot of stuff. I still do, but I'm aware now and I can 
get in front of it before it becomes problematic. So, you know, it's just a nat- natural trait of mine to avoid confrontation and working through that has helped me significantly uh, to be able to do that. So, Kyle, it's, it's really clear to me that the level of self-awareness you've really worked through uh, really, to me, makes sense for you to be able to have made the growth that you've made. I think in the journey of self-awareness, you know, we do have to identify those situations in the past that really have shaped the negative parts of our story in a way that really held us back. Tell us practically, like, you know, you're, you have this history of addiction in your family. Your father had passed away uh, from, you know, uh, overdose related to addiction. Uh, and you said that that did manifest itself uh, in how things ran in the beginning. Walk us through that. Were there specific situations, um, just overall things you were seeing? How did that really affect you on a day-to-day level? Did you know that some web design companies use the same wording across all their client sites? Unfortunately, this common practice is noted by Google as plagiarism, which will cause your site to be ranked lower. That's why it's critical that whoever makes your shop's website knows better. That's why so many top shops trust leads near me to create and manage their shop's websites. As Google certified partners, they know how to make a top ranking website from an insider's perspective. Get a free site analysis by visiting leadsnearme.com or calling 888-953-2379. Leads Near Me, effortlessly increase car count. Yeah, so in a day-to-day situation, um, you know, I not even really recognizing where it came from for a very long time. Um, But I would get like this crippling anxiety anytime I had to go and deal with, uh, say, an employee that's not doing what they're supposed to be doing. Um, You know, we, we had people that would take advantage of us at the shop level, um, for quite some time, just, you know, we all deal with the same employee situations, right? Uh, the issue is like when you're not dealing with them, they start to snowball and they get worse and they get worse. And, you know, even just the smallest corrections for a long time would give me just this crippling anxiety of like feeling like I'm going to, uh, run somebody off. Right. Um, and you know, a lot of that stems back, I, to what happened with my dad and um, you know the part that helped me get through this was recognizing uh, talking with a couple friends it was uh, it wasn't my decision for for him to do what he did right Um, so for the longest time it was like well you made the decision to to kick him out and that snowballed into what happened but at the end of the day it wasn't my decision for him to use the drugs. It wasn't my decision for him to continue after we confronted. Um, and you know, that circles back to like when you have to let an employee go, it's, it's not their, it's not your decision that they continued to have the behavior that they had after you've confronted it multiple times. And, um, that's one of the best tools that we have is like having the process of uh, verbal, having a written warning, all that stuff has helped with that because uh, you're not being confrontational. You're just trying to correct the situation before it gets worse 
Um, and like, that's one big lesson is the faster you can address this stuff, the easier it is to fix without it causing a, a major issue. And, um, you know, had we been a little bit faster about addressing the situation with my dad, maybe it would have worked out differently, but at the end of the day, it, it still wasn't our decision for, to make that choice. Right. Um, specific situations. I mean, most of it just circles back to uh, behaviors in the business of employees not following policies, procedures, and just letting people get away with that stuff for a lot longer than they should have. And it's just much more difficult to get somebody corrected once they're way off the path. And, you know, we talk about the guardrails of culture. You know, we I never really set that up in the beginning. And it, it made us it stunted our growth and affected our culture a lot. So do you think that when, you know, you're feeling that anxiety, do you, do you think that a part of you, you know, maybe your subconscious was reliving, you know, the trauma of, you know, feeling like your dad's death is your fault and it was born out of a confrontation. Do you think that your body was reliving that when you were trying to have these difficult conversations? hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. And like, I don't want it to come off. Like I still struggle with this, right? Um, yeah. Like it's not something that's easy for me, but now I'm aware of when it's happening and, you know, I can call myself on my crap and it's like, this isn't what your brain is making it out to think it is. And, you know, over time it just gets easier to recognize when you're falling back into that pattern. Um, so, and also I've put other people around me that call me on my crap. So that's something that's been super helpful because even when you're not in a place to recognize it, you can have someone else be able to call you out on it. Um, so key people in my life, uh, you know, my wife is huge on that. She'll, she'll call me out and I invite it because it's usually much needed. Uh, but we have our, our peer group, you know, we're in the coaching group and there's tons of mentors and friends that have no issue calling me out when, uh, when I'm doing something wrong. And that's been a huge part of keeping us on the right path. When, when you were first starting to have those realizations and, and it sounds like, you know, some people in your circle, you know, were, were really pointing out like, Hey, you know, yes, you, you made the decision to have your father leave your house, but it was not your decision for him to overdose. When you first heard that, what did that feel like? Was it something where, you know, it was like that aha epiphany moment or was it something that, you know, maybe you fought a little bit in the beginning what did that look like? So I remember that conversation uh, was actually sitting at dinner with two, two close friends of mine. And um, I think deep down, I'd always thought it, but hearing someone else say it to me was huge. Um, just coming from somebody else after sharing, because I really never shared the story with almost anybody. You know, my, my family knew what happened. And, um, up until recently, even I never shared a lot of the, how everything went down with my family. Uh, I just internalized it for a very long time and 
when you do that, it just, it starts to grow and grow and faster and it just gets worse and worse. And then eventually it just becomes this giant monster. Um, you know, and I think that's why like grief counseling is so big. When, when you go through a situation like this, it probably could have stopped this from getting worse. Like it could have developed the skill set to deal with it before it got as bad as it did. Uh, but hearing someone else tell me that um, was huge because I, I'm sure I had thought it, but it, the negative thoughts were always a lot stronger than the positive ones in my own head. Uh, so just having someone else tell me was a big part of it. What was it like emotionally hearing that in that, in that moment at that dinner? It was relieving, honestly. Uh, like same thing when I, recognize even the thoughts in my head you just kind of feel this weight being brought off your shoulders and because um, you you start to just punish yourself in your own mind and uh, hearing someone else kind of reach out and pull you out of that was is it was very helpful so uh, that was another like obviously the recognition of everything was a big part of the path of healing it. But the, the second part was sharing the story with people that were fairly close to me and then having them be able to just say, you know, call me on my crap really. And like, they were, they were supportive, but they were also aggressive with it. Like this is BS. You can't keep blaming yourself for this. And, uh, it, it definitely solidified the friendship friendship. Right. Uh, I've always had a hard time getting friends and being close with people, uh, very closed off and like uh, very close friends with those people to this day. So I think sometimes as, as guys and, and I'm not trying to, you know, say it's only guys, but I think generally, you know, guys have a hard time really forming those close friendships and, and maintaining them. Um, what do you think have been some of the things that have allowed you to really have enough trust and enough connection in those relationships where, you know, you are accepting that feedback and I'm sure you're giving, you know, feedback too. It's a two-way street. Yep. What was that like forming that bond? It took a long time, honestly. Um, you know, I think as, as men, we kind of are guarded because you don't want it to be shown as a weakness, right? Right. Um, it, it took a long time to build that trust level. Uh, I would say probably about two years of just consistently. Um, and, you know, both of these people were met through, um, through shop fix and the coaching and uh, seeing them over and over at these conferences um, was just, you build that relationship over time and just being vulnerable with each other was a, a huge thing. As, as soon as, um, we recognize that we connected at some level and just being vulnerable with each other. Cause we've, you know, I've also shared stories with them about things that um, were difficult for them to share. So uh, just connecting on that level and maintaining it has been easy because of that connection, I guess. So getting to that point, it's just, consistency, I guess, of, of seeing that person and talking, um, over the course of a year, multiple times, you're kind of forced into that, right? Um, uncomfortable at first, but that's, that's with anything. So. Kyle, you've really done a lot of work, 
you know, with people that you trust and allowing them to continue to be this mirror in your life and show you, hey, this is not where it needs to be. I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to hold you accountable. I'm going to champion you to, to change the way you're thinking. And over time, you know, like you talked about, that begins to change our internal dialogue and change the way we behave. Uh, and so I, that makes sense to me that that work has really led you to be able to make these huge uh, changes that you have. So if we look at, you know, today, and, and I know you're continuing that work, but if we look at today, um, what are some things that you recognize in yourself consistently that you're able to call out and say, hey, that's a that's a thinking pattern or that's a way my body's responding um, that, that isn't in alignment with my goals. And, and when you have those types of moments, how do you really shift so that you're not walking in those old patterns? Hmm. That's a great question. Um, I try to take time to think intentionally um, and just, just reflect on situations, um, which is difficult to do sometimes. Uh, but I, I always try to evaluate the situation from the outside. So I don't, I don't know exactly how to explain it, but uh, you have to almost be able to remove yourself from your situation and look at it from a different, a third perspective, I guess, and see, is this situation actually what it, what I'm telling myself it is, or is uh, something else going on inside that's shifting the way things are to make it fit into that uh, internal dialogue. And then also being able to bounce things off of uh, other people. Um, Always like to reach out to trusted mentors to just get their perspective on things. Because even on this path of self-awareness, I can trick myself a lot. So being able to talk through it with uh, multiple people, right? And and not just one, but, um, you know, talk to my wife about things, uh, talk to my mentors about things, talk to my peers about things, people that are on a similar level and people that have gone through similar things. Um, You know, I I like to think I have my own mind under control, but there's certainly times where it gets away from you and you have to have someone else to bounce those ideas off of. Yeah, I, I think that's huge, you know, that constant awareness. Uh, and I love what you said about really seeing things in a third-person perspective. Um, I think that's a skill that definitely is learned. And, you know, when we attain that skill, uh, it really starts to remove that bias that we can create in ourselves for our actions and really be able to see the clarity in the reality of the situation. So I, that, that also makes a ton of sense, you know, based on where you're at, that you've been able to do that. Another tool that I've used um, to help through some of these situations is journaling. And there's something really powerful about writing your thoughts out. And it's not the writing that really helps. I mean, that helps get things out of your brain. But when I'm really struggling with something, I'll write things out. And then the powerful part comes back when you have to read it. So you go back and read what you wrote. You can, that allows you to look at it from the, the outside perspective. And then you can say, well, that's bull crap. Like 
why, why was I thinking that way? Or you can reinforce good things that way too. When you read, you know, you can write out your vision and where you're going and uh, it helps solidify the positives, but you can also call yourself out on the negatives as well. I've done that on multiple airplane rides. <laughs> so <laughs> it's a good time to just when you're when you're by yourself and you can get into your own thoughts, putting them out on paper in a in a journal is super helpful. I don't know why plane rides are that way, man. I, I've <laughs> I've had a lot of epiphanies on plane yeah. rides. Because nobody wants to talk to each other on the plane. So <laughs> Right. You don't have any internet really and yeah, you know, you're you're I think, you know, it's rare in our world to be quiet and isolated. Um, it's super from, beneficial though. Yeah. Yeah, it is. So we've talked about you've really formed these habits and these mindsets and and this awareness to be able to really be responsive versus reactive. Uh one thing that I'd like to touch on if if you're comfortable with this is I know that you've had some really difficult family situations come up uh, and, and I'd like to maybe talk through, you know, now going through really what's some fresh trauma, what has that been like currently and how have you been able to show up in those situations uh, versus, you know, your, your dad's uh, overdose so long ago? Yeah. So obviously been through, the, the trauma of that situation and processing it over time has really helped um, just dealing with those feelings, right? And um, so uh, recently we had a couple of deaths in the family and um, they resulted from similar things. So uh, one uncle had actually committed suicide um, and, you know, a lot of it stems from, at least from my guess, is not dealing with the situation with my dad. Um, you know, and he, I believe, had been struggling for quite some time with, with similar thoughts, I'm sure. Because uh, there's a lot of people that were aware that he was using drugs at the time. And, um, you know, I think we all put some level of blame on ourselves when something like that happens. Um, so, and I don't know the whole situation. We, we were fairly close, but we didn't talk a lot. Right. And, uh, but, but yeah, recently I had uncle commit suicide and, uh, the situation was not good as you can imagine. Um, very difficult thing to deal with in the family. And, uh, you know, looking at that situation, it allowed me to, I've already dealt with similar trauma uh, personally, like close trauma. And um, obviously the family is struggling a lot. So it, it put me in a position to be able to keep myself level-headed throughout the process and try to be there for support for the family uh, versus just like last time I had just shut down for quite some time. And, you know, when you deal with something at that level, it's very common, I think, for your brain to just go into shock almost. And um, to be there and knowing I've already been through it and offer some of the wisdom and uh, support from what I've gone through, healing that um, right away has been beneficial, I think. Um, 
and it's still not over, right? I'm always going to be there for my family when they need me. Um, but then also like the business perspective to have the, the time available even just to be there has been very beneficial as well. Um, so try to be as supportive as possible and um, just being able to say, uh, I know what you're going through. And if you need anything, you know, I'm happy to talk. If had I not been able to deal with the feelings prior to like what, what good would it be for me to just be in a negative mindset about it and just remain positive that, you know, things do work out and you can learn to use these things as a, as a fuel over time and channel those emotions into progress versus destruction. Um, and then also, uh, you know, at the same time, we had uh, another family member, uh, uncle on the other side of my family overdosed from drugs. So, um, and this was all within a week period of time. So just a, a lot of, uh, a lot of emotions from that. And just, you know, to some level, you're just get angry about it because it's yeah. affecting a lot of other people's lives. Um, so, you know, if, if there's nothing else with this podcast, it's like if you're struggling with addiction or even dangerous thoughts or uh, negative thoughts, like get the help that you need because there's a lot of other people that are depending on you to get that help versus um, just thinking that you're alone, right? And I think that's what a lot of people are scared to share their feelings and that's what gets them into these situations. So. Kyle, you're such a good example of what it looks like when we take the time and do the really hard work to become self-aware, to work through trauma. Because when we, and not that we ever arrive to perfection, but when we come to a place where we have enough foundation and we've built a, a you know a firm house that now we live in and and we know how to deal with difficult situations without letting you know our subconscious really rule us and our body's reactions ruling us because a lot of you touched on this a lot of uh, trauma is found in our bodies um, and our bodies react in ways and and if you don't know what's happening when you're experiencing trauma um, it can be very confusing because your body's having all these reactions and you don't really understand why. And that's how people have panic attacks and things like that. So you being able to have that awareness. And then when people that are in your circle are now going through trauma and, and you're going through the trauma too, but you know, you have enough of a foundation and a, and a level headedness to be able to be there for others. That's, that's so huge. I think that when we are looking at dealing with our own stuff, you know, on the surface, it's like, well, I'm, you know, I'm going to make sure that I'm having the right mindsets and, and, you know, taking care of, you know, my immediate, you know, family and my business. But uh, I, I think you're such a good example too of what it looks like when someone does have that, has done that work that now we can invite others into 
you know, really being, being able to work through those things and not getting stuck. And I know that you've been able to do that for your family. Uh, and so uh, that's amazing. You're, you're, you're giving such a good example of, of what that could look like for listeners. Uh, I, I think it's, you know, I think the show, uh, you know, it's all about the repair industry, but, you know, time and time again, and your story proves that, you know, in order for us to be really successful in business, we have to take care of ourselves and, and do the work. It's huge. And, you know, I, I learned a lot of this too, just modeling. Uh, my mom has been a huge part of that because um, she's been through a lot of stuff too with, uh, you know, the marriage and all that stuff, divorce and, you know, being that they weren't together at the time, right? When all this stuff happened with my dad, but she's always maintained a positive mindset and, um, you know, continued to stay motivated. And she's always been great for support for me. So, um, you know, it's not like we didn't have good family figures to lean on growing up. Um, but you always tend to forget those when you're going through the hard times, right? It's, um, we typically, uh, forget about that stuff and you focus a lot on the negatives and being able to reframe that situation into a positive thing at some point like obviously it's not a positive situation uh, but how can you reframe it to turn it into a positive situation going forward because uh, you know sulking on it isn't gonna make it better so what, what can we do to try and make it a better situation Kyle I, I'm so grateful that you were willing to come on and share what what really has been, in a lot of ways, a difficult and yet very triumphant path, uh, and especially being vulnerable with the current situation. Um, so I just want to honor you for doing that. Thank um, you. I just hope uh, it helps people, right? And you know, anything that we share here is uh, in an effort to try to relate to people and help uh, get them through anything that they're dealing with, and. You know, there's people that have been through a lot worse situations than I have. So um, I always try to think about that too. When you're going through a tough time, there's always people that have it worse than you. So don't ever think that you have the worst situation in the world. So true, man. Uh, that really points us to gratitude. Yep. 100%. Kyle, I don't mean to switch gears really hard here, but I also <laughs> have a very important question for you. Okay. If you were a car or a vehicle, which kind would you be? Oh, man. I knew you were going to ask that question. Everybody struggles with the question, man. It's not like it's a surprise. <laughs> but it's a tough one. It is a tough question. Yeah. I've always loved Camaros, but lately I've been, uh, I've been really into the Cadillacs. So um, <laughs> I guess I would have to be a... Uh, a Blackwing Cadillac. Nice. Nice. Uh, it's, uh, how do I put this? It's stealthy, but also uh, performance. So trying to fly under the radar a little bit. Hey, it's great, man. I, I love your selection. I For some reason, I... W- before you said Camaro, I was thinking Camaro. I don't know why. I've always been a Camaro guy. Um, I had a Camaro growing up, uh, coming out of high school for a long time. And, uh, you know, people change. So <laughs> I've evolved yeah. out of the Camaro phase, I think. 
I actually had a cat whack, but I uh, totaled it. So had some deer run out in front of me and it's gone. So I'm looking for another one. Well, let's go get a black wing, man. Yep. Well, Kyle, thank you again for your time and being on the show. It's been a pleasure. I appreciate you having me. That was my interview with Kyle Meadows. I want this show to serve and impact as many people in our industry as possible. To help me in that mission, please subscribe to the show, leave us a review, and tell others about us. If you'd like to contact me, you can email me at thomas at slcautopodcast.com. If you are struggling with any of the issues discussed in this episode, we've left some great resources in the show notes. Thanks for listening. Have a great week.